Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to TGIFJ. Thank God I follow Jesus with your host, Mike and Joanne, pastor of Soaring Diamonds. We want to encourage you to inspire and challenge you to deepen your walk with Christ and anchor your faith in the rock, the hope of our salvation. Happy Sunday, family. And today we're just going to be continuing the topic, the, the heated topic of offense. Giving, giving, your, giving your heart to the Lord and allowing him to just work in you. Not being, offense, not being offended, not being an offense to someone else. So we're going to talk through those and we're going to get into it. And in Jesus' name... It's going to rock. Right. And, we can, and it's going to flow. So we can get a little a little more understanding of what offense is and if we're trapped. If we are the ones trapped in the, in the offense or if we're the ones doing the trapping. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And last week we started out with some definitions. And I just feel a need to kind of like recap real quick. Yeah, for sure. Because we had several interruptions. But it's all good. It's all gravy. Because there's another opportunity and as long as there's another opportunity, you take it. And and also, if you guys want to go back to last week's, that one's it's posted right now on YouTube, so they can go back to last week's episode um, later on and see, watch them back to back. That way, you can get the full the full take of it. How how did it come out? I didn't get to listen to it yet. It, it's pretty good. We had a silent moment there, and like. A, like probably a five to ten minute silent moment. Some, some we had an interruption. We had a lot of interruptions last week. Yes. So we had a silent moment, but you can skip through it. As soon as it gets silent, you could just skip through it. A couple minutes ahead, and you right back in game, listening. That was something. We was. we like it's all heated, and all of a sudden it's like silence. <laughs> right, straight silence. I'm like, oh, alrighty. And then. we were going the whole time. We didn't. We never stopped. A word through the silence. We never stopped. Yes, yeah, so. and then you don't know where to pick back up Ooh. where everything was missed. Um, I know that it was really um, powerful because as we spoke about it, the Lord began to reveal to us new things. And as you were speaking, I was just like, "Bruh!" Like there's even scriptures that I looked up, and I was like, "I'm not really quite sure how to bring it in." But God knows exactly sure. how to bring it in. So that was really unpowerful. But again, we're talking about offense. And of course, you know, I have to go look up dic- dictionary definitions. Um, it's to be upset and hurt or have annoyed feelings, often because someone has been rude or show- shown no respect. Um, and that was the Cambridge Dictionary. And then another definition I brought up was Britannica, something that causes a person to be hurt, angry, or upset, something that is wrong or improper. So the definition that the dictionary kind of defines it as something, something happens and you get in your emotions, you get in your bag. And when you get in your emotions, it makes everything, a lot of times it makes everything around you fuzzy and that it deters you from moving forward the way you're supposed to, where you're supposed to be going, what you're supposed to be doing, your vision, your thoughts, everything becomes a little fuzzy because of that offense. And I like the first definition that you brought up, um, often because someone has been rude or shown no respect. In other words, they were disrespectful and it's almost like it's okay for me to be offended. Right. And that's where, like technically... Let's just step outside the word just for a second. Everybody, just for a second. Um, You know, it's been taught to us 
growing up minus Jesus. Yeah. Somebody did something wrong to you, well, you need to come and apologize. But when it comes to the word, it's totally the opposite. And I like that you said everything around you becomes fuzzy. Right. Because what happens when there's offense, you can't think or see things clearly. Like things get distorted. And sometimes what you think you know or what you think happened or what you perceive or what you understand, it's probably not even correct. We're just operating out of... Emotions. Yeah, what was that word that we spoke about earlier today? Um, I'm going to come back to it. I'm going to remember. But it's the word that meant that we are affected in our emotions. And we need to be sober-minded. As believers, we have to become sober-minded, yeah. which means that we're not moved by our emotions. We're patient. We're calm. Because when we get offended, right away we get upset. Yeah. And of course, there's different levels to that. But most of the time when offense comes in, one of two things happen. We pull away or we go hard. Right. And either way is um, an atmosphere that causes us not to be able to clearly perceive what's actually going on. So either way, it's a distraction from the goal. Absolutely. Either Absolutely. way, no matter how big, how small. And it's always something that's deterring you, that's moving you away, that's refocusing what you're supposed to be focused on. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, the Greek um, for that is scandalin. Isn't that an interesting word? Un escándalo. Scandalin. Um, the movable stick or trigger of a trap. A trap stick. When I was reading this, I was like, bro. A trap or a snare, an impediment placed in the way and causing one to stumble or fall, a stumbling block, an occasion of stumbling. For example, a rock is a cause of stumbling. Mm -hmm. Then it says figuratively applied to Jesus Christ, whose person and career were so contrary to the expectations of the Jews concerning the Messiah that they rejected him and their obstinacy made shipwreck of their salvation. That's crazy. I came to my own and my own did not accept me. What? Wow. And then the, the last one is any person or thing by which one is entrapped, drawn into error or sin. So we got we got two two kind of definitions going on so far. You have the just the regular dictionary, which is saying someone is upsetting you, rightfully so or wrongfully so, and now you're in your emotions. So it's making everything around you fuzzy, you're not seeing clearly, it's deterring you, it's moving you away from the goal that you're supposed to have, and then you come to the Greek word, which it's just a, it's a trap. It's a trap, and it's the stick to the trap. Is that crazy? So there's a trap set up, and now they need to lure you. Who's they? The enemy needs to lure you into the trap. How he's going to do that? He's going to offend you, which is going to cause you to step into something that's going to um, trap you in a way that's going to deter you from the life God has called you to. Absolutely. And it's really one of the, one of the things that jumps out to me is the word snare. Snare. Um. Look at this. We are ensnared by the words of our mouth, mm -hmm. right? We are entrapped by the words of our mouth. And a lot of times when offense occurs, what happens? We begin to speak. Yep. 
things that a lot of time are not even correct. You get real blabbermouth real quick. Because what happens with offense? A lot of times offense have to do with triggers. That's why offense mm. comes a lot of times. Triggers. And those triggers, I'm telling you from personal experience, those triggers cause you to begin to talk things that now become a trap. Because in order for there to be a trap, there's usually a, a what you call that when you fish? A bait. Yes, there's usually a bait. So the minute that the offense comes, we begin to speak. The offense was the bait. And now we begin to speak, and that's what entraps us. Yeah. Because there's power of life and death in our, in our tongues. So the minute that we begin to speak things that are not in agreement with the word of God, we become ensnared or trapped. So we have to really come to the realization and understanding of how or what a deterrence, what trap, what negativity, what going down the wrong road offense is. Mm -hmm. It can go in so many directions, but at the end of the day, if we are not calm, if we're not temperate, if we're not patient, if we're not um, self-control and not give in to our emotions, oh, we give in to our emotions, then what happens? Everything goes sideways. Everything goes downhill. And sometimes, what's this, this saying? That sometimes it's just a little mountain or a little issue. We make that joint like a mountain. Like a big old Mount Fuji or Hiroshima. Yeah. Hiroshima wasn't a mountain. No. It was an explosion. Like Mount Everest. But yeah. Mount Everest. <laughs> Mount Everest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it could become like Mount Hir yes. Hiroshima because a fence, it, it blinds it, it, you. Yeah, it, blow, it blows up. It gets, we make it. It's like that, like, it's talking about that stick. A fence is something small, but it causes you to step into something that's way bigger yep. that you should have never been stepping into. And it, you, you um, said one example, which was bait. Yes. If you keep in your eyes on the Lord, then you will never fall for the bait. If you're focused on where God is calling you to, if you're focused on what God is calling you to do, if you're focused on what he's saying and what he's doing, then... It's like low-hanging fruit. It's like that $100 bill that, you know, people yeah. attach to a string, and then they'll set it there, and then as soon as you go for it, but when you're walking, you weren't looking for a $100 bill. You just seen it, and then you, you glared at it, then you desired it. So it's the same thing with the bait. The enemy throws the bait out, but if you stay focused on where God is calling you to, you will never take your eyes off of, off of what he's saying, so the bait wouldn't matter. The $100 bill, it mattered once I laid my eyes on it. But the moment, but the moment I have the, I still can take my eyes off. I can repent and be like, okay, I'm going to stay focused on what I'm supposed to be doing. And you're saying something really important, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Right. And that's the thing that we get so consumed with everything that's going on in our lives that we take our eyes off of Jesus. Yeah. And the minute we take our eyes off of him, everything's a bother. And it's really important. I feel like a lot of times this is not really um, discussed enough. We have to be in the word. And it's not, you know, like we were talking earlier during, you know, when we got together today. We cannot just, 
oh, let me just read a couple of scriptures. No, no. we have to study to show ourselves approved. We really need to, you know, examine the scriptures. And the word of God, though, is not boring. And a lot of times because we're not taught to study, but we're taught, you know, you go here, you get the word, you di- you do diligence for that week. Right, right. Now you're not growing. You're not focused. You're not, um, you know, committed to the word of God. And that's where the problem happens. Yeah. In order for us to grow and mature, we have to be in the word. We have to be in prayer. There's no way around it. Look at this. It says in Luke 17, 1 through 2, then he came to the disciples. This is Jesus. It is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Mm -hmm. Let me just sidebar. Little ones refers to a believer. A lot of times people think that this word doesn't apply because it's to little kids. No. Look it up for yourself. Little ones, it's a believer. But it's important that we come to the understanding. This is so important that we understand that offenses will come. Things will come. It's impossible for them not to come. Impossible. Things will happen that should cause an offense. But because our eyes are on Jesus, because we're growing, because we're maturing, because we're sober-minded, because we're calm, because we're not giving in to our passions, our emotions, Yeah. then we're able to say, okay, this is my focus. Like you said, not that $100 bill. That is probably not even a whole $100 bill. Right. That's probably a fake anyway. Anyway. You follow yeah. me? So it's important that we understand that offenses are going to come. I don't know why. You, you hear these conversations all the time. And I got to keep it real, straight up. Mm-hmm. We hear a lot of times like, you know, somebody gets offended in church because somebody did ABC, XYZ, whatever it was. Now this person no longer wants to go to church. Because they were offended. Right. Like, we have to grow past that. When are we going to come to the realization that offenses will come? And the question that we need to ask ourselves is who we serve. You find this all the time. People don't want to go to church anymore because somebody offended them. They would never say that they offended them, but they're like, oh no, I don't go there because this one does this. This one does that. This one don't live it. This one, like our reason to serve the Lord. Did you catch that? Yes. Serve the Lord, not people. is to follow him and his way. And if we're offended, that means we're not in the word. That means that our focus is not him. But we have to realize that offense shall co- offense will come. It will come. Now the question is, if the offense comes to me as a mature believer, what is my reaction gonna be? And then the second thing that you find in this scripture, woe to him that is the one that causes the offense. Right, causing someone to, to, to temptation fall. to lure them into sin. Yes. Yeah. So you know it's two different things, but there's two different things that we see happening in this verse. And it's important that we grow. Like, I can't express that enough, that we grow, that we mature. And what happens a lot of times? There's sometimes that you can't have certain conversation 
without adding certain things. Why is it that people are so offended or so easily offended? Why is it that people in the body are not maturing? Why is it that people are not growing? Like there's so many little things that we can look at and there are things that we're going to have to really examine, look at, discuss. Because it's not, it's not just one thing. You know, a trap is set in so many different ways by right. the enemy. What is it that affects you? What is it that can offend you? Because something that might offend you might not offend me and vice versa. For sure, because we fall to different things. Exactly. So the enemy has a strategy. He has a strategy. We read that earlier. I believe it was Ephesians chapter 6. Yep. 11, 11 and 12. 12. Yeah. Yeah, he has a strategy. The word says that the enemy has a scheme. When you look at the definition or the Greek of that word, it's, it's strategy. Estrategia. It's a strategy. So why would we think that if the enemy has a strategy, God has not given us a strategy? Our strategy or the Lord's strategy for us is simple. Keep your eyes on me. Right. That's what the Lord says. Keep your eyes on my word. Be obedient to my word. So what happens? Offenses come again because the enemy has a strategy. And because we're not focused on what we're supposed to be doing, we're all over the place. Falling and tripping. Slipping and sliding mm -hmm. everywhere. So it's really important um, that, you know, we we look at that. There's another scripture that you have brought that I really want to, I believe is Matthew. 16. Yep. 21 to 24. Um, can you read that and talk a little bit about that? Because last week you, you really went in there and I was like, bro, you killing the game right Interesting. now. Interesting. I don't remember That's our full conversation last week. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthew 16. Um, so one of the questions you asked were, was, what what does a believer do when offense does come? And I think we, we I started writing it here that offense has been happening since the beginning. Since they were in the garden, offense has come, period. And now Jesus shows us the right way on how to deal with it. So Matthew 16, 21 to 24, I think I have here. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many, many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciple, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. I love that scripture. When I first came to the Lord, that was like, that was like it for me. That, that Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me and my desire at that time, like, I just want to go after Jesus. It's still to this day, but I'm just saying like when that, came to my mind when he revealed that to me. I'm like, I just want to go after Jesus. And he just made it clear, you have to deny yourself. 
and you have to take up your cross, whatever I put in front of you, and you have to follow me. So he far- he he farts. <laughs> he starts this, but he starts this right from the jump. <laughs> he starts this right from the jump. He says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciple that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer. And we know that the son of man came to suffer. We know that the son of man came to to redeem mankind from their sins and redeem them back to the father. That was the purpose of Jesus. Like no matter how we cut this up, he had to come to suffer and he had to die. He had to be rejected. So he begins to talk about this. This is the purpose. This is the road I'm on. And then um, what does Peter say? No, absolutely not. And Jesus went straight into a rebuke. So I think the biggest thing that we can do to understand a trap is to know the truth. And before you, I have to interrupt you. Because what a lot of times people don't realize is that right before this conversation, Jesus is asking the disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do you say? Exactly. That's what Jesus is asking the disciples. And Peter says you are the son of God. So we go from per- we go from identity straight into purpose. It's just my who, who do you say that I am? You are the son of who do who do they say that I am? But who do you say that I am? This is who you are. Awesome. God revealed that to you. Now that God that revealed that to you, now we're on the same page. Now we're eye to eye here. Let me talk to you a little bit more about what I got to do. Yeah, it looks like the, you're ready. It looks the, like you're ready. I, I got to go and die for you and then I'm going to be raised back. Oh, no, no, no. And what did he say? That is, you are an offense to me. You are a trap to me. You are an, a snare to me. But Jesus, Jesus gave us the perfect way to deal with offense. And what did he do? He understands, number one, who God called him to be and what God called them to do. So anything outside of that was, was, um, was taking him off course to where God is calling him. So anything outside of that was easy to recognize. And Jesus begins to say immediately, I rebuke you. I rebuke you, Satan, because you do not have the things of God in mind. And so he's rebuking Satan, who's at work, but then he's also rebuking Peter for even being able to listen to what um, Satan is saying. But check this out. I I love that it says that he turned and said to Peter, This is really important. I hope that if you're watching, you catch this. Jesus turns to who? Peter. To Peter. Jesus turns to Peter. Because Peter was talking crazy. But Jesus doesn't rebuke Peter. No. So that shows you that an offense... Is a trap. It's the enemy at work. It's coming to snare you. It's coming to take you off track. But Jesus, he knew. This ain't my boy. This is something coming to take me off track and take him off track. And what does Jesus do? He come right to the enemy. He comes right to the adversary. Get behind me, Satan. So you see, you see a couple of things back to back here. So, so let, let's, let's look at ourselves and, and our walk with Christ. We come to know Jesus. We begin to understand who we are. The moment we begin to understand who we are in Christ, he begins to reveal to us the reason where 
he put us here. Not like our skills, our gifts, our talents, all those amazing things. Yes. But then he begins to reveal to you, this is why you are here. Like Jesus was a carpenter and I'm pretty sure he was good at what he did. He, he was excellent in everything. He learned obedience through suffering. He wasn't a bad carpenter. He must have been an amazing carpenter. But his purpose was to die and to redeem the world. That was his purpose. His purpose was bring, to bring the people back to the Father. So Jesus reveals his identity. Jesus reveals our identity to us. Jesus begins to reveal his purpose. Jesus is going to begin to reveal our purpose to us. And the moment our purpose is revealed to us, what's going to happen? Here comes the snare that's going to try to throw you off course. Why? Because on one hand, we have, we have God given us the perfect path, the, the, the course to everlasting life and the things that we're supposed to do, the things that will be upheld in the, in the flames of judgment. They will, they will not wash away. They will stand. Our, all those works that God has predestined us to do will stand before God. That's fine, so now He's revealed that to us. But then here comes the adversary, and his whole his whole purpose is to trap you. Even if you remain a believer, his purpose is to trap you and not in allowing you to fulfill the life that God has revealed to you. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so why is it a trap? Because you will get stuck in a place that doesn't allow you to fulfill the purpose that God has for you because you believe the perverted version of what God, of what the enemy, how the enemy has twisted God's words. Mm. And we see this, we see it happening here that, that God has a purpose for Jesus and Peter's trying to twist it. No, you, you, the Messiah, that's not going to happen to you. And he said, get behind me. But then we see that happen in the beginning. We see That's that happen right. in, the, in, in the garden with Adam and Eve. And they were perfect. They didn't know sin. But Jesus knew no sin either. And he had a perfect nature, fully God, fully man. Adam and Eve, on the other hand, here comes Satan. And this is, this is how we can correlate what's going on with the, the, the work of the enemy in us. This, the serpent comes to, to Eve and he begins to say, you're not allowed to eat of the, the, the fruits in the tree. And what does she do? She steps into the conversation with him. And she said, well, no, not just any tree. We can eat from every tree except that one. So what does she do? She's already stepped in to where the enemy was trying to trap her. She began to dialogue with the enemy. But what did Jesus do? The moment the trap came, he said, I rebuke you. So when the, when the trap comes to us, when the offense comes to us, we got to rebuke that offense immediately because what is set to do, which is devised by the kingdom of hell is to trap you into a place that doesn't allow you to advance or to advance the kingdom of God, to advance in the life that God has called you to, which is advancing the, the kingdom, kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Like that, that's all we're here to do. And so what, what happened was, is now that she's tangling with the enemy here, she gets trapped. But Jesus makes it clear to us here that you do not even entangle with any affairs of this world. So why do we get, why do we get offended is because a part of our flesh is alive. What, what Peter was doing was appealing to Jesus' flesh, his man, 
his his 100% human being. But Jesus revealed that I am a, I am fully man, but I'm fully submitted to the spirit of God. I like the way you said that. So since he's fully submitted to the spirit of God, he cannot fall into the trap of offense because offense only attaches to our flesh, something that we want. Because that's how sin lures us in. Sin only lures us in by something that we want. So the pride comes through something that we want. Desire comes through something that our flesh wants. But if Jesus has already submitted that to the Father, then there's nothing else to offend. Absolutely. And, and iniquity, iniquity was not found in Jesus. So technically, that's why he can respond the way that he responded. But even more importantly, once we come to Christ or Christ comes to us, we're new creations. The old has passed. Behold, all things have become new. So we're supposed to be doing what Jesus did, being about our father's business. Then we got to find, a, you know, I know that, and I just want to sidebar this, of course, that we live in this world, right? And we are all filled with so many things to do. And that's a given. But there's no way that we should live lives that do not make time for the Lord and his word. That's because crazy. we make time for everything else. That, like, think crazy. about it. You always go ham. He, he just went ham there. And I'm going ham in the natural side. Because there's things that need to be, you know, talked about. We make time. Let's be real as a mom. Yeah. We make time for our kids. We make time for dinner. We make time to wash clothes. We make time to clean the house. I hope moms, wives, you're doing that. We make time. Hope, yeah. hope, hope no, you clean the for house. For real, for real. <laughs> you know, we make time to be with our husbands. We, ma we make sure that they make times for us. We make time to go to the movies, to go shopping, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of times we convince ourselves that we don't have time to spend time with the Lord. And guess what? If we believe that, a trap has been set. Mm. Somewhere, there was some type of offense and we've been entrapped. And why do I say that? I'm just going on a hole over here. Go because ahead. what happens? A lot of times, we're, we're offended with, well, I don't have this, that one has that. That becomes an offense. Yeah. Why does it become an offense? Because now, we are... Walking in jealousy, we're walking in pride, we're walking in covetousness. Why? Because there's an offense. There's an offense. What kind of offense? Sometimes we're offended because we want to have what somebody else has. Mm. Sometimes we're offended because we want to do what somebody else can do. Sometimes we're offended because they can do what I can do. And that becomes a trap. So what are we doing? We're walking and living every day far above what we're supposed to be doing or what we don't need to be doing instead of taking time for the word of God. Yeah. And we have to be, be really mindful about the traps that the enemy has set. And we have to remember that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And a lot of times these offenses are coming in because we're looking at people. We're looking at people. Look at what she did. Look at what she got. Look at what he did. Look at what he got. And that's not what the word requires. The word requires us to keep our eyes on him. Yeah. The author and perfecter of our faith. That's what Jesus did. So it's really, really important is, yo, it, it, it means life that we keep our eyes on Jesus. Because if not, we become entrapped by all these things. We must make time for the word. In fact, all these things 
need to come after the time that we take for the Lord. Yep. Because if we don't take that time for the Lord first and foremost, then there's a bunch of other things. And I know for me, sometimes I get so busy and I have to pull myself in. All those other things are optional. We'll put away our clothes. You know, we'll put our clothes to the side. We'll put dinner to the side. Let's just order because I don't have time. We do all these things, but we don't take time for the Lord. And this is why offense comes in. Because we begin to think on ourselves. Yeah. That's why offense comes. Yep. Offense comes because of pride. Yeah, that's all. It's, Look, it's attaching to your flesh. Yeah, what? You just said what to me? Yep. You just did what to me? You think what? And we have to go back to the feet of Jesus. Because the word of God says that pride comes before the fall. Yep. Therefore, we have to be mindful where offense is coming from. Offense is coming, like you said, um... Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, wait a minute, what are you saying? What are you saying, Jesus? That Paul, Peter wasn't coming after you at that moment? No. Some way, somehow, he's thinking about, about himself. No, we need you, Jesus. Right. Jesus, it's walking with you that we get recognized. Not Jesus talking with you. It's when people give us a woo-woo. And even, even trying to soup up Jesus' head. Exactly. Like this is who you are. That can't have. It's the same thing that the 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 Israelite they were all doing. They they were about to make him king, and he had to slip away because they wanted to make him king, and that wasn't the plan. So that that's an appeal to the flesh. He exactly. said, "I am a king, just not a king here." He said, "I am gonna die, but I am gonna come back to life, and that's what I have to do." So Peter tried to appeal to the flesh to to Jesus's man. Um, the people of Israel, when they were trying to make him king, they tried to appeal to his man. The reason, like you're saying, the reason we get offended is because that appeals to our human our human nature. Yes. And, and we want to hold on to that. And we can't. That's right. Because like Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Deny himself. It's like we used to say, if you're offended, you have you to, to die. die. And it sounds crucial. It sounds cruel. cruel. But... It is crucial. <laughs> it yes. sounds super cruel, but it is crucial. Like and that we deny ourselves. You have to deny whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, because it is, as a soldier, it comes second to the job you have. What you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you want, it's, it's not a value. It doesn't, yeah, dispassionate, dispassionate yep. is the word I was thinking about. We need to become dispassionate. We about need, what we want. Yes, we need to get out of our feelings. Oh, it's so hard. No. The only reason that it's hard is because we're not committing to the word of God. We're not dying to ourselves. We're not denying ourselves. And I know that it seems impossible. But the word tells us to be sober-minded. I, I keep going back to that because that's what I was teaching earlier today. But to be dispassionate is to be calm. And we have to think before we act. Offense comes because we don't think. We, we're not patient. We're we want to, Yeah, we want to just react. And that's not the way Jesus calls us to be. Like, just chill for a second. Think this through. You want to be offended. You want to react. Why? What is it that's stepping on your toes? Is it your ego? 
Is it what you want to believe about yourself? Is it what you don't believe about yourself? And at the end of the day, we could go back to several um, episodes before when we spoke about identity. Yeah. A lot of times, because we don't know who we are, that's why offense comes. It's so easy to step on somebody's toes if they don't understand who they are. Yeah, and pride sets in. Yeah. Because what is pride? I'm better than you. And the reality of it is... I don't deserve that. I'm better than this. I deserve more than this. Deserve? We deserve to be dead. But because of God's grace, we're here. Yeah. Um, Pride comes because really, really, we... Not only we don't know who we are, but we don't know who he is. The reason that we're here is because of his goodness. It's because of his kindness. Listen, and not by no means am I saying this is a walk in the park. This is a every single day, moment to moment thing to think about. I just was saying to my mom earlier, sometimes people come for me. Oh, and in my mind, let me tell you. All these thoughts are, I could say this, that, the third, the fourth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. And I'm just like. Silent. Because if I re, if I just open my mouth, even to say the proper thing, or my intention is to say the proper thing, I don't know what way that's going to go. So it's best to just, just stay calm, pull yourself together. And just remember about Jesus, you have a testimony. You are an ambassador. Look, at just like I said earlier, offense wanted to creep in after what happened to me this morning. But I had to say, um, what's more important here? Because if you're offended, you cannot deliver. Right. If you're offended, you can't do what the Lord wants. If you're offended, whoever's waiting for what you need to say because thus saith the Lord, now they can't receive because you're offended. This ain't about you, bro. This ain't about you. It never was about you. So I have to be like, okay. Let okay. me calm down. Okay. Sit down. Go sit in a corner somewhere and chill out. And I'm not saying, you know, and I'm saying that to say that it's a challenge. Every single day is a challenge. And, you know, sometimes we have victories in these areas where an offense wants to come and we're able to be calm and to be patient and to think. But other times, we don't do as well. But we get better. Yeah. We get better. As long as we recognize that we are going to find our identity. Because who we are isn't lost. And that takes time. Yeah. That, it, that takes our dedication and going into God's word, like you said. We don't take the time to read God's word because we don't set a time, set aside time for it, dedicate it as as it's important, just as whatever else I have to do is important. It's even more important, technically, but we don't take that time aside. So we don't we don't give the the Lord time to reveal who we are to him, who he has called us to be like we don't give him that opportunity. We just, we, we're Christians on, on Sunday, we go to church, we listen to a couple sermons, and we're expecting everybody else to put, all the pastors to put in the hard work, all the teachers of the word, they are YouTubing, and them, let them put in the hard work, I will, I will glean off of what they have to say, and then that's how I will learn who God has called me to be. Mm. But that's not how it works, because living for Christ is a journey, and it's a personal journey relationship like we hear all the time we've been hearing for years 
Like every young person say, yeah, this is not a religion. This is a relationship. But then they don't take the time to, to build on that relationship. The one that the Lord has already established. We don't take the time to build on it. So therefore we never begin to know who we are. And when we start getting a glimpse of who we are, I can guarantee the moment you begin to learn a little bit of who you are in Christ, you're going to begin to get ideas of where he's calling you to be. Just small little snippets. But just as fast as those small little snippets of, of understanding of where God is calling you to, the traps come. But we have to remain in him. We have to remain in him. We can't read the word before and glean off from that little bit that we've read before and and in hopes that it will hold us until we read the word ever, whenever we decide again. No, this is a da- our daily bread. Literally. We have to eat of his flesh daily. We have to drink of his blood daily. We need to, we need to be a part of him daily. We need to come to know him and be intimate with him daily because that's what he's calling us to. What did he say in Hosea? I, I don't want, I don't want just your sacrifices. I want your love. That's what I desire. I desire your love. This is what he was yelling to the people in Hosea. But, but what we want, we want to just give him stuff, give him like, Oh, for us to, to divert from offense and, and trapped and getting trapped by the enemy because it's so easy to spot. And I just want to, you said that, and I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times this is the reality. And I feel as though today we live in a time, everything is so fast. Everything is so rush, rush. Everything is so microwave that we, a lot of times think we know what a relationship is, but we really don't know what a relationship really is. That's why it's so easy to say, oh, it's not religion. It's relationship. Right. But, but you ain't putting in no work. Exactly. You know, you think that religion is, a lot of times you hear, you talk to people, religion just simply is, you know, not doing all these rituals that they want. Okay, so you didn't do that, but what are you doing instead? Right. And what is a relationship? Cultivating. What, How are exactly. you cultivating? Yeah. You're not doing all that, but what are you doing? Right. Because just because you're not doing that doesn't mean there's nothing to do. Because if you want a good relationship, there's things that are required. Absolutely. Relationships don't just magically happen. And if we don't cultivate this relationship with the Lord, offenses will continue to come. Why? Because it's in him that we will learn that it is not about us. Right. That we're denying ourselves and everything is about him. And just like he suffered, we're called to suffer. Just like he went through, we're called to go, to go through. I don't know where does this mindset comes from. Not you know, once we serve the Lord, everything's gonna be perfect. If that's your mindset, offense is going. Offense is gonna be your life. Right. You're going to live trapped all day long. And we don't have to technically. No. Like offenses, offenses are gonna continue to come because you can't stop what the enemy's gonna do. He's gonna do what he does. Be the enemy, accuse you, steal from you, try to murder you. Like, that's what he does. Exactly. You said it. But, but look at the, the book of Daniel makes it clear. Like, they continue to come at Daniel. But he was a person who done lost everything already. 
So when the king of Babylon, when they were offering him stuff, he's like, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. I done lost everything. You're not going to give me my home back. So anything you offer, cool. You give it to me, you give it to me, you don't, you don't. However, this is what the, my God says. Okay, we're going to throw you. He, he's praying ritually five times a day. He, every day he's praying or three times a day. Five doesn't sound right. Was it three times? Three. three times. So he's praying every day, though, ritually. He's doing this. But we know that Daniel has a relationship with the Lord because the angel of the Lord told him the moment you began to pray, the Lord sent an answer, but he was held up. So we know he had a relationship with the Lord, mm. but he was never offended. Even even his partners weren't offended. The ones he was with, he's like, they're like, yo, if you throw us in the fire, my God can save us. But if he don't, whatever, that's his prerogative. Yep. Then I just won't be saved. But they weren't even a they because they done lost everything. They already understood everything I have from here on out. The, the fact that I have life through this entire um, exodus out of out of uh, my home into Babylon. The fact that I even have life is a gift is a gift from God. So it's for you, so for you to try and take everything from me. So what am I saying? They counted what they had as nothing. So when even to their own life, so when they were thrown into the fire, it didn't matter to them. Right. When, when Daniel was thrown into the lions, then it didn't matter. So us as believers, he's saying, I'm giving you the option to give up your life. He said, Daniel, they, they didn't have an option. Their land, they were in sin. Their people were in sin. And I drug them out of that land. So the land can rest. I'm dragging them out. But he's telling you, deny yourself. You make the, make the decision for yourself to deny yourself. Mm. Make the decision for yourself to follow me. Daniel, they, they had no choice. They were already, they were already on, the, on a tightrope. So anything there on out, they didn't have anything anyway. It's like I lose, I lose everything in my life. And now if you threaten me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because well, I don't have anything. I don't have anything anyway. Not saying that his, his sacrifice wasn't of value. Of course it was. But what I'm saying is he learned how to give things up. Jesus learned obedience through suffering. We must learn to be obedient. And none Ouch. of us like discipline. But once we get the lesson, it's all gravy. That's right. But we have to take the time to deny ourselves. We have to take the time to learn. And when the, eventually when the enemy comes, he ain't going to have nothing to offer us because we done denied ourselves to the end of ourselves. That's right. And that's what the Lord wants to bring us just where Jesus was, that we are denying ourselves until there's nothing left of us. Because then when we die to the flesh, we are alive in Christ. And when we are alive in Christ, we are alive to the spirit. And where the spirit is, there is no law. And where there is no law, we just have freedom in Christ. He just went there. So if we can <laughs> live free in Christ, a trap will never, a trap, we will never get ensnared by a trap. The offense will come, but we won't get ensnared. Why? Because there ain't nothing to take from me anyway. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Um, and I, I just want to say this because I think this is something that's not said. And this is a whole totally different um, subject matter. But the only way and the only reason that we can live without being tracked by the enemy, that that's even a possibility, is because of the Spirit of God in us. And I think that's important the to only, say. The only reason, yep. Yeah, that's really important to say because there's a lot of people in the body 
that are feeling like no matter what I do, I'm still losing. Mm -hmm. That's what people feel like. Yeah. I just was speaking to somebody earlier that said, you know, I, I, I did something I wasn't supposed to do, and here I am all over again. And a lot of times it's because people think that being sealed with the Spirit is being filled with the Spirit. And it's two very different things. It's very, very important that we come to that understanding. Listen, if you really don't understand, I encourage you. I, I make myself available to you. Reach out to me. Reach out to Mike. Reach out to anybody in our group. I've made it my point, my life's work to make sure that they understand that this is not might or by power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. And the reality of it is that being saved, being sealed by the Spirit, becoming new creations is one event. But being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, as the book of Acts discloses, it's a totally different event. Yep. And it's important to mention that because some people think, I, I can't do this. You're absolutely right. You can't do it. I can't do it. He can't do it. He can't do it. She can't do it. The only reason that we can have success is because the Spirit of God lives in us and lives through us. Yeah. And it's important. It is so monumentally important. And why do you say that, Joanne? Why do you say that, Pastor Joanne? Because we are all in the same boat in need of a savior, in need of the power of our savior. Yep. And he wants to um, cause us to be able to live in obedience to him. And he knew that without his spirit, we wouldn't be able to do it. And, you know, I think at the end of every podcast, if it's required, we're going to mention the power of the Holy Spirit. Because we need them. Yeah. We need them. It's salvation, impossible. Yeah. Salvation is step one. It's absolutely necessary because you can't get to step two without step one. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to read the book of Acts. The book of Actions. The actions of the apostles. That's where Jesus tells them to go wait for the power. And a lot of times you know, you got these cessationists talking about that that died somewhere. No, right. The Jesus is the same God. yesterday. Spirit God of God is, is everlasting. Yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He's not like us. I brought the scripture up real quick. Go ahead, please. So this is Acts, the book of Acts, chapter one, verses six through eight or nine. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord. Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness. You will be my witness telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him as they strained to see him rising into heaven. 
two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has, Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And you cannot read that without going over a chapter to chapter two on your time. As a matter of fact, since you read all that, I'm going to read my verses. Do, do what you do. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost arrived. Where are you at? Where are you at? Acts chapter two, verse one. Okay. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. The disciples, the women, they were all up in one place. And it says, and suddenly, all of a sudden, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared and rested on each one of them. And look at four. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, with that, I just want to say that we did talk about this yep. in one of our earlier episodes. I would encourage you to go find it. Listen, don't get me to lie. Talking about it's one or two or three or five, whatever. But it's out over there. I would encourage you, if you're watching, if you're listening, go check that out. Because offense... You're going to only be able to grow in this area of identity. That's another episode of not being offended because you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and he's your guide and your lead. We have an um, a, a episode. Can I say episode? Yeah. Okay. Episode. Um, because it's, it, this is. This is monumentally important. This is the second time I say monumentally. But this is so important. It's so important. Like, if you're listening, I want you to get to the place where you feel empowered, even when you're struggling, even when you're challenged, even when you feel like you can't, you know that the Holy Spirit is going to meet you. The Holy Spirit is your strength. He's your guide. He's your lead. He's your advocate. He's your helper. He's your source. Everything that you need is in him. And I cannot get off of this this show without saying that because a lot of times we're living in a fence day in, day out. We're not in church. We're not belonging to a congregation. We're not connected with a group of believers to be held accountable by because we've been offended. Yeah. And we don't know where to go because pride doesn't allow us to say, you know what, my bad. Because the word of God says... And I believe this is going to be our episode for next week where we're going to talk about forgiveness. But offense comes and then we're walking around in unforgiveness. Yeah. I think unforgiveness is not even a technical word, but we use it all the time. But we walk not forgiving others. And we wonder why we can't get up. We cannot walk an offense because that's the trap for unforgiveness. And that's a whole nother subject that we definitely going to pick up next week. Yep. Um, um, but as we're closing, 
I mean, unless you have anything to say, I'm not. Nah, nah, just... I think I think you you, you took it home. Yeah, you, it home. you know, it's important that we get together and that we are um, fellowshipping with a group of people that are going to hold us accountable. Yep. That is going to call us to the floor and say, bro, like you got to let that go. I'm not saying that it's easy because it's challenging. But when you have a group of people where you're chopping up the word, it makes all the difference. So I just encourage you, like I mentioned, go back to some of the episodes that we've done um, and meet us here next week. Please ask questions, um, comments, reach out to us in any of our social medias. If you have any questions, if I can't answer, I will definitively get you um, an answer. Um, we didn't ask if there's any questions or comments that we may want to um, I don't look have a, at. I don't have the questions up. Yeah, I don't have my device open, um, and I'm going to apologize right off the rip. There's way too many places to look at. I, I couldn't do it if you guys don't do it. But um, I'm pretty much done. Yeah. Straight up. Yep. I would just... Um I just want to thank you guys for tuning into TGIFJ. Thank God I follow Jesus, where we encourage you, inspire you, and challenge you to deepen your walk with Christ and to anchor your faith in the hope and the rock of our salvation. Um, today we spoke about offense, and it was a hot topic. It was a good topic, and there's still so much to speak about it. So much. So there's going to be more videos. There's going to be more shorts that we're going to put out about offense because like you said earlier, a lot of people within the body of Christ are have minimized their fellowship because of offense. of offense. And that can't be because the the harder times get, the more we need to stick together. Yeah. Because we are a family. And that's that's where the kingdom of God has called us to be together and to represent him as one body, not a whole bunch of different churches or a whole bunch of different amazing people. One body. And I, I, I thought of confess your sins one to another and pray for one another. And that's really important because part of confession is when you are walking in offense. Yeah. And that's how we get out. Yes. Yeah. If you ain't rebuke it in the beginning. And you trapped up now, Lord, forgive me, free me by your mercy and through your grace, free me, Lord. And if you know what the issue is, and yeah. you can't go to the individual, just go. Forget about all. Oh, they just want to be the right one. Let them be as right it's, it's as okay. they are. It's okay, right? Let go of that pride. Yeah, because I'll Let tell it go. you, when you have that conversation, it's gonna be like a, a, a beast came off of you. And if you want to be free, you have to. Let go of those offenses. Hallelujah. So thank you for tuning in. And we just want to encourage you to meet us here next week to like, to comment, subscribe, and share this podcast and this show. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.